For more than 25 years, Deanna Batdorf has been disrupting the status quo of health. She is a passionate Ayurvedic practitioner, my body educator, and lymphatic specialist whose mission is to empower you to take control of your own wellness. Welcome to My Body with Deanna Batdorf, an Ask Me Anything podcast where Deanna gives you answers to your most pressing health and wellness questions. Along the way, Deanna will interview those who inspire her work as a holistic wellness practitioner, from birth workers to herbalists, yogis to MDs. You'll learn how to bring your body to a state of balance in this wild dance of life. Submit your questions on our website, dianaessentials.com. Look for the form at the bottom of the front page. No question is TMI for Deanna to answer. Good morning and happy new year. I'm so glad that you are here with us today. This is Ask Deanna Anything. And my name is Andrea and I'm here with Deanna Batdorf, who is an amazing Ayurvedic and lymphatic practitioner And she's here to answer whatever questions you have live. So we're looking to have a a pretty exciting day of all kinds of really amazing information. How are you doing today, Deanna? Doing really good. I'm liking this new year. One of the things I'm going to just make sure I bring forward just to start is for everyone to think about a word, a word for the year. And, you know, it's never too late. So just like If you were going to think of an inspirational word, really think about the word though, because you don't want to pick something that you're working with for a whole year that kind of was a little bit of a setup, you know? So whatever you pick, you have to be responsible for, and you have to cultivate it and you have to grow into it. And words always take you in multiple directions, even if you had one idea on why you chose it. So I'm just bringing forward in this new 2022 to like focus and follow through is something you everyone knows I love. And I think it's a, a dying art that is needing to really be established that we really achieve things and we change things and we create what we want from holding goals and following through and focusing on an intention. And so uh, if you haven't picked your word for the year, including you there, Andrea, <laughs> If you haven't got your words yet, you might want to take a few days and just sit with that. And uh, what do you want to cultivate and water and grow this year? It's been a powerful way for me year to year to be able to like really think about what's needed. In 2020, I picked reorganize and boy, did that happen. (laughs) And so there's also those types of things where I'm like, oh, but also I think it was needed and it was necessary and I got exactly what I asked for. So do face whatever comes with that word also. But that's my little opener for just my inspirational word for the, for the year. And what could that do for you? And my word this year is precious, which I've been making lots of great little jokes with too. Because I'm also like, come here, my little precious. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. But for some reason, I just wanted some like sweet I wanted a sweet word, not so much of a working word. I'm working plenty and it's working well. And I just thought, hmm, what could I choose that might just bring something sweet in? And 
So just to share with everyone where I went with things, but this year, my word is precious and just really seeing things as such and seeing myself as such and uh, my relationship. You might want to just think about one of those types of words too, if you need an easy year. Well, I suppose we also call to mind whatever word might be good medicine for us at the time too. That's right. And it's interesting because it's not necessarily an action word. So I love that it's a descriptor. Yeah. And you've heard a lot of my words through the years. Each year I'm like, okay, this is my word. And then I'm like, ooh, what have I chosen? (laughs) You know, but don't let that sway you. Each one has always gotten me where I need to go in the years ahead. But yeah, you picking a nourishing word, you picking an action word, you know, you thinking about a fire word, you thinking about a more cool down, chill out word really even think of that elementally because everything is elemental. The questions that I answer today are going to be answered elementally, but I just want us to keep in mind that like a lot of times people make it very confusing or they're like, I just don't quite get it. And I'm like, but we're surrounded, you know, you're doing it all day long. That reminder that if I get thirsty, I'm going to drink some of my water here. If I get a little congested, which I'm bordering on, I'm going to blow my nose. If I need a jacket, I've got a jacket right here. If I get cold, I'm going to make sure I get warm. So we're always doing these opposites and you can relate it to anything in your life. Uh, What kind of music you want to hear that's going to really take you somewhere different if you're in a funk, because I often choose my music according to my funk and how much funky do I need or not, or what do I need? But these are all things that calm us down or activate and motivate us, cold or hot, and things that either we receive and we get nourished or we need to cleanse and we need to really move something out and take charge. We can do that with everything we do all through our day. And how nice it would be if we treated each other accordingly. Like I love practicing this in social environments even in a store where I maybe don't know everyone, but I'm in the middle of society and, you know, everything is so elevated right now and everyone's so on an edge and it's real. So I don't want to be like, "Eh, everyone's on their edge. It's like, no, everyone is, I am too. But how do I stay really calm and just kind of breathe and not worry about the person with extreme aggression or tension coming down the aisle? Cause you can feel them. They're all, you know, you're like, okay. You know, that's not mine. I don't want to be there right now. Let them be where they are. We need to let people be. And then we need to just stay. You need to just stay right where you are. How do I not take on the anxiety of somebody or someone's sadness? You have to be willing to like feel it, connect to it, recognize it, witness it. And then also be willing to say that is not mine. I have my own experience right now. You know, you might have your own depression and you don't need to take on that person's aggression. You already have something to address. So we have to be willing to also do that too. So we understand each other. We need to be able to understand each other, then respect each other's choices or respect each other's decision-making and have some camaraderie, no matter what we have to do that by starting to let each other be, because it's really easy to be like, man, They just came down that aisle and totally pushed into me and didn't even recognize I was there. It was like, I wasn't even there. And then like, you just took on that aggression or anger of the other person. Now it's yours. 
Now it belongs to you. And that's not that person's problem. You know, you chose to take it on. And so now it is truly yours and it has nothing to do with where it came from. So how do we just let each other be and provide the opposite? So try that in society, everybody. Try this concept of like, I feel the fire coming at me, the aggression. So I'm just cool, calm, collect. It has nothing to do with me. I could even turn my cart around and just go to another aisle and go back and pick up that stuff later. I don't have to be like, I'm here too. You can't stop me either. I got fire too. And then you're like, well, fire, fire makes what? More fire. Just giving us a little bit of a, a perspective, an elemental perspective of how we could be interacting in society and in you know the world. So, yep, that's my little opener for the day that just kind of came spouting out of my head and heart. And you know, I don't really think about these things prior in the beginning of these. I like to just what's right there when I'm starting to address the moment. What does my head and heart want to say in the moment? That's really profound. I think it's it's a good reminder, especially two years into this pandemic and a lot of other stressors going on. It's, I think it's an amazing practice when you're out in the world uh, and you meet uh, up against something that triggers you to just immediately go to, what is the kindest thing I can do right now for myself or to that other person? I think that can be really powerful and turn things around. So yeah, applying that opposite is really key. Yeah. Because we are feeling each other. There's no doubt we are feeling each other in a much more specific way in your face than I think we have really had to do before. And so, because, you know, there's a shared experience on top of everybody's already stress and experiences. And now we have a shared experience that is there. And so we really do feel each other more because we understand where the energy's coming from. <laughs> We're sharing the times used to be like, oh, something must have happened to them this morning. And now it's kind of like, well, probably I know what's going on for them. <laughs> Same thing that's going on for me, <laughs> you know, and just um, may we all be gentle with each other as a way of being gentle with ourselves. Do you have a passion to learn about your body and how to care for it? Love to geek out about anatomy and physiology? If learning new herbal and holistic remedies fires you up, you really must take Deanna's Clinical Foundations course. This is seven weekends with Deanna, surrounded by redwoods, learning Ayurveda and elemental theory. Hands-on and immersive, this class will change you. Class begins March 11th, 2022. You can pay in full or in 12 convenient payments Learn more on our website, www.dianaessentials.com, and click on Education. All right, so we do have some questions. Great. The first one came to us from Nick. Nick says, I'm wondering if gua sha training indicates any contraindications. I've been teaching gua sha to myself and would like to get more in depth learning, but also want to make sure I understand when not to, where not to, and who not to use this with. Okay. That's a great question. I'm happy to take some time and explain that. I do have a couple webinars that would certainly give you some value in there. And I do have a webinar coming up March. Maybe you can put it in there for dates and such. 
called The Breakdown on Scar Tissue. And that's going to be discussed there too. So just for us to kind of know where we can go deeper, but I will answer it here. So first off, there really isn't anywhere on your body that you cannot gua sha. So you can gua sha anywhere you want. You have complete freedom to just go in there and do your thing and let it be your little tool that tells you what's going on. Let's remember that the lymph, which is one of the main things that we move with the gua sha. So the most gentle you can do with the gua sha is just this surface, very soft, you know, they even make those rollers, you know, that are just really, and that's for surface lymph. And there's just nothing you could do wrong anywhere in your body with that gentle strokes of a gua sha. Even sometimes when you're being gentle, you find little lumps and glunks and areas that maybe aren't as firm as you want them to be, or they're super tight and they're not malleable, or you find pain. So usually people stop right there because we are very taught to like pain is not okay, no pain, and you'll be fine. Even though we say no pain, no gain when it comes to like goals and business and stuff, you know? <laughs> And sometimes in athletics too. And in Ayurved, there is a little bit of that there. They're like, what you, if you find pain with that gua sha, and gua sha is a Chinese word. It's the same thing in Chinese medicine or Tibetan medicine. In Ayurved, it would be called rakta mokshana, to let out toxins through blood supply, through lymph and blood flow. Rakta mokshana. But the gua sha is this revered thing. I don't want to go away from what Chinese medicine has held and really kept that gua sha alive for thousands of years. And I don't want to forget that. So the more you find pain, it is a belief that that means there's toxins or something going on. There's either toxins in the pores and skin layer, which you're also moving across, or there is a lymph node or something in the lymph river or the bloodstream, which is clogged up like a dam in the river and it'll speak in pain. And so it doesn't mean you go and just dive into that pain, but you certainly do. And there's so much lymph in here. You might as well use your neck as an example. I might feel like, oh, that feels good. Oh, that feels good. Oh, that feels good. And then all of a sudden I'm all, ah, wow, what is that? And it's like a lymph node that's clogged up. So my job is to maybe like put my gua sha down, do some investigation, maybe even get the area warm because things that are clogged or in pain warm, softens everything, and it's going to allow better flow. And maybe just pump it and get to know it and then pick that gua sha up again. And it's what they call productive pain. So you go right to the edge of the pain where you can still breathe. And it's just, you know, you're just on the resistance edge and you start really working in. And then all of a sudden you'll notice it doesn't hurt anymore. And then you can go a little bit deeper. And then it hurts a little bit. And then, it, and then all of a sudden you go a little deeper and then pretty soon it doesn't hurt at all. And you go back and check it with your fingers and there's no nothing. And you actually moved that dam in the river. And you could do this anywhere in your body. Take the webinar to know where your lymph is. If this is a brand new conversation, you need to know your lymph to really feel safe with the gua sha. And you need to know to go to the wall of your muscle so if I go in with the gua sha, I just need to go right to where there's, I can't get any further in there, even soft tissue. How far can I go in before it's like, nope, I can't go any further. And then you stay in that far 
you stay right at the wall and then you start using that gua sha for muscular tension and for cleansing your skin layer and activating blood flow so that you either sweat or it starts letting out toxins. And that's why the gua sha can also leave bruises because you might let out some lactic acid and get a really red bruise. You know, you might let out some really old stagnant blood and it turns kind of purpley bruise, or it might be really yellow showing fire that is moving through that. And those are toxins lifting up and out. So in Chinese, Tibetan and Ayurved, that bruising is not considered a negative thing. Takes some education, gets, takes some like getting comfortable but other than that, you're letting out toxins. And that's really what the gua sha is. It's the gentlest form of blood letting, which is for toxins out, for getting toxins out of your tissues. So there's really no contraindications on where not to go in just a straight up healthy body and you're investigating, there's little bits of this or that. Now, here's the only contraindications. We would never do this on an open wound or a brand new scar. Okay. Sometimes when I'm working on a scar, it'll turn it really red again because there'll be toxins trapped in that scar tissue. And as I'm washing and breaking up that scar tissue, it'll turn it red again and get it sore again. And you still have to be like, okay, I'm not going to do any more on that scar until the red goes away because it goes away, doesn't stay, bruises don't stay, and there's no pain. And then it's like, okay, three, four days later, do another round, get that scar really warm do another round, make sure you're breaking up cross fibers because everything comes together in cross fiber. And so you got to gua sha one direction and then gua sha the other. And you start breaking up things that are really inert and need to change in your body. But a new scar, no way. Anywhere around a wound, nope. Eczema or heat rash or hives, nope. Not going to do any gua sha. The only thing is when there's maybe like a swollen knee that was injured and inflamed, there's some things to kind of know again about the lymph, which is we don't just go in and gua sha right on the inflammation. We elevate like we should elevate for gravity, but you would gua sha like your hips. You open up the floodgates to where the lymph moves and then you massage your knee. And then once that swelling is down, then you would go in and you would just gently start gua sha on the edges of your knee and the back of your knee where there's a bunch of lymph nodes and you would do some really gentle, not pushing that pain along. So we don't gua sha during new injury or skin condition or a new scar or a new wound. Those are probably the most common ones to really pay attention to. And we don't gua sha beyond productive pain. And we have to know our limit. You have to be able to breathe and it has to feel like it's getting somewhere. So these are some of the things I think of. Let's see, how could I frame this? Like a practitioner needs to really know how to use a gua sha well, because if they're doing it on someone, they could maybe, you know, go too deep or make sure, you know, you got to have your client in with you. But I've never seen somebody pick up a gua sha and like hurt themselves to the point of where anything happened. I don't see any risk in home care gua sha. When you see a practitioner, they're going to go deeper. They're pulling more toxins. There may be bruising deep, you know, larger areas of your body. I mean, you look up gua sha online and you're going to be like, whoa, 
And I don't even go there. I cause some bruising, that is for sure. And educate people on what they're moving. But boy, where they can go with gua sha, I'm even kind of mid-range as a practitioner, to be honest. So you can't hurt yourself, especially if touch is new to you and massage is new to you. You're never probably going to push that gua sha deeper than that muscle layer. And most people are actually too gentle. You know, like I'll teach classes and everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, go right into the wall of the tissue and move your skin. And then they're all, oh, I feel a bunch of lumps and things in there. And then I'm like, yeah, those are the things you want to go in and go deep enough to stop and like rub it out and smooth it out and feel like it changed. So most people have to give permission to go deeper is the truth of the matter. The only, the other contraindication would be on a varicose or spider veins. You can go all around them and you'll actually help them to calm down because you'll create blood flow in that area to help those vessels heal, but you don't gua sha directly on varicose veins or spider veins. So that would be the other one. Yeah. I like that question. It was a nice, good focused Important question for somebody being able to pick up a gua sha and start trusting it. That is fantastic. I love my gua sha. If our blood is an ocean, our lymphatic system is part of a network of rivers. The lymphatic system is integral to our immunity as well as our digestion. Get Deanna's top tips for keeping your river flowing smoothly in her book, Caring for the Lymphatic System, available online on our website, DeannaEssentials.com. Okay, our next question comes from a viewer who said, I was recently prescribed Diflucan, an oral antifungal, and their liver started talking right away. One thing that happened was a bumpy red rash, almost like eczema around their nostrils and on the side of one of their nostrils. This person has a history of liver issues and can't tolerate fragrances, many medications and alcohol. They say, I feel so bad. My liver had to go through this. I have been doing aloe and milk thistle seed pesto and adding them to my smoothies. I was also reminded by a recent listen to you to do lavender essential oil on the liver. I want to love up my liver and keep supporting it, even though I am done with the three rounds of pills. I know this can take a while to support and would love to know your thoughts and time frame for giving back to this amazing organ. Okay. Well, when we look at an organ, which is a great reason why everyone should join me for edible Ayurveda, because we go through the functions of each organ and then the symptoms of hot, cold, wet, dry, and then what are the remedies? And liver is one of them that we, Mary Sheila and I cover. But whenever we look at any organ, we have to first start considering, is that liver too cold and deficient? Not getting enough blood supply, not making enough blood supply. This person would probably have low blood pressure as a primary symptom, just to share one of the symptoms with you, even though there's a whole list to read in the course. And what if your liver is dry? That's still going to be the word deficient. Cold and dry are both vata liver, but it's going to be very small under the rib cage and it's going to be very tight as an organ. And it's probably going to give you like side cramps or side stitches a little bit more because dry makes cramping, right? Tightening up makes cramping. May still have low blood pressure. And then what if your liver is hot? It is a pitta organ, so we want it pitta. We want it in action. It makes blood, it recycles, it produces, it manufactures, it does it all, it distributes. 
you know, it's the CEO, it's the leader of the body. But if that leadership gets too fired up, oh boy, as we know, <laughs> then not a good thing. So we need healthy liver leadership. Too much fire in leadership really is such a problem that we could look at if we just have the thought of politics for one second, but don't go there. <laughs> and, you know, just what is it when it is really frustrated and you'll get more rashes. So the one thing you mentioned was the rashes. We will get hives around the liver or red moles or a rash, or it's just really red in color. And the other one will be a little burning, little fever, little heat coming off that liver, which is right under the right rib cage, by the way. And your liver is the size of your two hands, fully extended. So it goes way back and shares space with your kidney. And then it nestles right up to your gallbladder in front of it. And then right up to your stomach in the center of your diaphragm. So it's, it really takes up a lot of space. So you can pay attention to, is it burning? Is there heat? And that tells you it's fired up. And then what if your liver is wet? So see, we don't just have a liver and how do we fix it? We have to say we have a liver and what environmentally, what elementally is not working in its environment and what's going to be congested. It's maybe really big and boggy and it feels like you can't breathe into your diaphragm. You might even look in the mirror and that diaphragm might be a little bit more distended out. You might thought it was structural, but it's your organ that's just thick and congested. And it causes more like congestion or clogged pores, maybe does have sometimes a little bit more lung respiratory picture. So it sounded like the medication you took made a primary liver hot. And you also had the red on the nose, which shows that it's hot, but nose is lungs and it's connected to sinus. And so I think it was probably too hot and wet. That might be a telltale sign that your liver runs hot and wet. And then you gave a medication that made it hot and wet. And then your liver just responded in a big way. But you could have a deficient liver. And then you put a medication in there. And I'm sorry, but medications are just, we need them sometimes. You know, if you choose to take them, that's your choice. And that might be a true need. But they are just hands down more deficient you do an anti-inflammatory and it makes you colder than you ever wanted to be because it just said, turn off all the fire or strip all that out of there, which Diflucan does. It's very drying to the body. So this is how you would really want to look at it. The response was certainly fiery with a rash, but those would be the main things I would ask to really say, what true state is my liver affected by? And then we're back to opposites where I started today. You know, if it's dry, you need to love up and nourish. And it really might be dry because you're already saying your remedies. Like I love it when a client or a student literally like kind of puts forward what they need, which is very telling. So you already said, I want to love up my liver. I want to nourish my liver and I want to take care of it and love it more. And that usually tells me it's deficient and it's not juicy and it needs some, some juice, some love juice. So it might be that it's dry and it got flared because dry earth does what? If there's a cigarette thrown out that I can't believe people still first off smoke, but sorry, but I can't believe people still throw their cigarettes out of their car. I'm like, what? Hello, our environment can't handle that. 
and it's too dry and boom, that could flare. So dry makes a lot of flaring happen. If my fire is going out here, I'm going to go blow on it and I'm going to enkindle it, you know? So that's what I'm hearing. You know, it needs nourish, but it did get flared and inflamed. So maybe you think about cooling nourishing. And that is milk thistle, by the way. So you did the right thing. Aloe, cooling nourishing. You are smart. Let's add a few more. Lemon balm, mint, comfrey leaves, tagetes, Mexican marigold. These would all be things that you could be growing in your yard and you could just be eating them on the regular and adding them to that pesto. And you would just have more cooling, nourishing to the liver. If you think your liver's cold and you run cold and you have low blood pressure, you really might want to more think about basil or throwing some marjoram in there or think about rosemary. That'd be me looking at your liver and saying, hmm, does it need warming or does it need cooling? This is the primary potential of change in Ayurved. Literally the primary potential and ability to change a symptom is you assessing whether the symptom is more hot or cold. It's called virya, V-I-R-Y-A, the virya. And that is considered if you're making a formula or picking a plant or thinking about what you're gonna eat next, or even how do you change your emotional self around? It's always gonna be, I'm feeling hot, I need cold. I'm feeling cold, I need hot and being willing to take that on as a primary way of turning it around. That's how we see change in our symptoms. Honestly, that, that's the, the reason Mary Sheila and I have been working on this part of our course for over six, almost seven years now. We've been revising it and detailing it down and looking at allopathic like medical symptoms and then also looking at the Ayurvedic and the Chinese perspective of symptoms and starting to break down every organ. And now I'm breaking down every gland. I've already broken down every tissue. I do that all in my clinical course, which starts in March, just really starting to say, how do we track these? So I do teach that in my clinical, but it's so beautifully designed. And Mary Sheila has such a great perspective when it comes to this topic too. So then you have two people talking it through in different ways. So that's how we have to look at our organs. It's not just an organ and it needs to be cleansed or an organ and these are all these liver plants. And then we're just picking and choosing randomly. We have to start being willing to say, these are the plants for the liver and this is for the cold liver. And this plant is for the hot liver. And this plant is for the dry liver. And this plant is for the wet liver. And then you start merging them to make a formula. So say you're dry and hot which is what I'm hearing. Say you're dry and hot. Then you need to look for those plants that are cooling, right? For the hot and nourishing for the dry. And you pick two of them already. Milk thistle does it and so does aloe. You might have to stick with them long-term though because the liver needs long-term care if it's in a deficient state. What if you're doing it more like, I drank a whole bunch, so I'm gonna take care of my liver you know, or ate a bunch of sugar. So now I'm gonna take care of my liver, you know, or I did some medication. So now I'm gonna take care of my liver. It's still gonna work, please do it. But what about not just breaking even and getting back to where you were with your liver? Sounds to me like this person wants to long-term 
change and heal the dynamics of their liver. And that means you're going to have to stay with that aloe and milk thistle for like six months. And you're going to have to do intestinal cleansing, but please wait until spring. But, you know, you're also going to have to like clear the pathway because the liver can only excrete and change so much. It dumps down into the small intestines. So you're going to have to think about some intestinal cleansing too. Great answer. Thank you so much for that. Deanna Essentials products are organic, small batch, high quality self-care body products, as well as herbs and spices that deliver powerful food as medicine. Find them on DeannaEssentials.com today. So we've got some folks watching. We've got Beth here. Hello, Beth. And Beth has a couple questions. Great. First question from Beth is, I have a lump on my inner right lower heel about the size of a dime and it's sometimes painful. I heard that lumps on the inner heel have to do with a specific trouble, heart perhaps. So what's your take on that? Inner right lower heel. Okay. So that's right next to the arch. Lower heel would be next to the arch. Few things this could be. First and foremost, you have a whole bunch of little lymph nodes there, and it could be a clogged lymph node that really needs to get worked out and drained. And you would want to work on that lump a little bit and start moving it around and see if it changes. It could be a lipoma. Lipomas are just fatty masses. They're benign, but they're stuck in the tissue. And those, you would pump it and move it and pump it and move it, and you would get nowhere <laughs> until you start doing some really deep gua sha with some like castor oil, and you would have to melt it and break down those fat deposits that had created a mass. Those can change, but they're going to be more rubbery and hard. And like, you're just like, man, this thing is not changing no matter what I do. And that would maybe be a lipoma. But in that region of the heel, the most common thing that that could be, and I would want to know how hard is this lump, but it could be calcification. We get calcium. Calcium is very heavy. It falls down from our upper channels to our hands and our elbows. And it also falls down calcium that's undigestible and isn't getting broken down in your system. It goes with gravity. So it ends up in our feet. And that's what the making of a bunion is, or when somebody starts getting where their knuckles start changing directions and you get a little hard lump on top of your knuckle. And a lot of times you'll go see someone and they're like, oh, don't worry about that. But calcium does bind us and it does start binding to those regions. And on your foot, you're also having to step on it. So you may have been wearing some shoes that are rubbing in a certain way, or maybe you walk in a certain way that's rubbing that area. And when we have repetitive issues like that, which is why people get so much calcium in their hands because we use them so much, you'll build up calcium deposits. The calcium came to your rescue, but it wasn't digestible and it just clings to the bone and starts building up in there. Calcification can also be liquefied and broken down, but man, are you gonna have to be diligent. And I just gave somebody this remedy yesterday, so I'll pass it on in case this is. This remedy you could use for anything I just said, which is a great place to start, right? I told you all the things it could be, but I do have one remedy that would soften and tenderize a lymph node, 
It would break down scar tissue if that's what it is. It would start melting a lipoma or starting to break down calcium. And that is you take a little one of those little cotton pads and you put a dollop, like a teaspoon of castor oil on it. And then you get colin amok, which I sell. I sell the castor too. You get black sulfur salt, colin amok. And you put about a half a teaspoon and you mix it in on the pad, right on the caster. And you just slap that thing onto that area and you soak. And if you absorb all that caster and colin amok, add a little more caster and a little more colin amok. Put it back on there. Great thing to do when you're sitting around watching a movie because you're just sitting around. You might as well have a pad on your heel. You could wear it in a sock, but you're going to get a very oily sock, but you really could soak it throughout the day with shoes on, but you're going to have to be so diligent. The lymph, it's going to move the quickest. The lipomas take a long time and scar tissue takes time. And so does the calcium. And then that's a great time to use your gua sha. Ooh, everybody should know that Scott is back to making all the wood gua sha's. If anybody has been with us for a while and remembers the early days of the wood gua sha's, which now everyone's like, please, Scott, will you make me a gua sha? And we've had great gua sha makers through the years. But just so y'all know, Scott's back at it. So if you order a wood gua sha right now, you are getting a Scott original, the maker of the original wood gua sha. We call it the forever gua sha because guess what? It's not going to break if you drop it like the jade. So it's your forever gua sha. And once you do that caster and you soak this and warmth will help too, you go in with your gua sha and you just start working every direction. Let's pretend this is it. You start going every direction and you just start breaking it up and then go right to the middle and kind of rub it down up against the knuckle and then go back to breaking it up. But due diligence is what it's going to take. That's just the, the truth of the matter. You can also soak, do like foot soaks with colonamok, a tablespoon of colonamok per foot soak. And that's another way to do it. Some people have a hard time with all the castor oil, and but it's going to get done quicker. So you have to figure out what is that thing. And then I also heard in this question, the relation to heart, right? So the heart is actually right in that little divot in the middle of your toes on the back of your foot, like right here in the middle. And that's your primary heart point. Big spot for calcification that I talked about is like right here under the ball, the bottom of the ball of your foot. There's some crunchy stuff in there sometimes. That's the most common rubbing spot on your shoe and merging with the ground as you walk and you'll build up calcium in there. And it's great to break that up because it'll start moving your big and your second toe and causing problems with your orthopedics. But if it's around the heel itself, that's connected to colon. And a lot of people get buildups there have had constipation in their life. So might want to relate it to colon. And then the further down towards the arch it is, the arch is considered the intestinal region of your foot. And these are all nerve endings. These aren't made up names. Like let's call this the intestines. It's a nerve ending that connects directly to your small intestines. So heel is large intestine colon. And then right there in the arch is your, your small intestine. 
So I think about intestines when I think of that region on the foot for sure. So that's the best I can answer that because I was like, okay, lump, that could be so many things, you know, could be a cyst too. Um, calling a mock caster still the gentlest, safest place to start. But you can break down things that are building up in your body. I just want to give everyone permission to touch themselves. And if you got something building up in your system and you live with this thing getting worse and worse, and we just really have to start giving ourselves permission to melt things down and scrape them off and smooth them out and feel better. Special thanks for the music and talents of Gents Jarvie. You can hear him on Spotify or on his website, J-E-N-S-J-A-R-V-I-E and theheartwideopen.com. Beth has a next question and she's wondering, there's a white line across the center of her nose. Uh, and she's wondering what that might indicate. And the only thing she can think of is that there might be too much nose blowing with too much pressure, but uh, have you encountered a white line across the center of the nose? Okay. You know what? I used to have this. I even have pictures of myself when I'm a little girl and I'm really more tan because I tan well, but then I lose it quick, but I would get really tan and it would just, I mean, you can see like literally a white line across my entire nose. So I can tell you that I have completely changed it. That is gone. And I had it literally from when I was really young. And as you can tell, if any kind of immunity thing happens to me, it just boom, hits my sinuses quick. You can probably hear it a little bit in my voice, right? You know, it's just kind of a common thing in the winter for me. It doesn't kind of matter what happens. It's just there. And so I have weak upper channel respiratory and I actually have a whole history on what that is from even birth. But yeah, I was, I get congested and I used to just have to blow my nose constantly. I was always the one in a group somewhere that was like coughing. You know what I mean? I still like have this like, oh, I'm going to be the one who coughs, you know, and it happened when I went to Hamilton. I was like, it's not going to happen. I've got my slippery elm. I got my lozenges. I'm ready. But what happened? So I am that person. And when I got a little bit older, like into my 20s, and I started like moving, you know, from 18 on, I was like doing lymphatic massage by the time I was 19, working with people with HIV and addressing my own, you know? And so I have a long history and this thing never went away. And I just thought, you know, if I go in there with that gua sha, and I'm not kidding, it's another gua sha story. My acupuncturist in San Francisco was the one who was kind of like, this is scar tissue that's built up from your septum getting tight from so much congestion. So he explained it that my septum, it was the edge of my septum and it was showing tightness from having so much congestion. So he didn't really say it was the relating to the blowing of the nose, but it is right in that little spot where it would crinkle up, <laughs> you know? And I just started going in and opening up. I learned all about my septum. I started opening up the upper sinuses with my gua sha on my eyelid. That's why we do ghee baths on the eyes too 
to open it all up. I started opening up the whole bridge of my nose where my septum is, breaking this down. And I just started going in and breaking that little thing down and it's gone and it's never come back. So I had that too. And I am proof that that is just tissue that is bound up and tightened up to the point where it's not even letting pigment really penetrate from sun and vitamin D. And it's showing you scar tissue. A lot of times scars, I have a scar on my arm and as tan as I got while I was in Greece, that scar stayed pure white and it does every time. It just won't tan. And so, yes, uh, another permission granted to get in there. The only thing with your nose, and especially if you do have a lot of like flaring, like my nose turns red really easy. I just touched it and showed how to do that. And it's already a little more red. That's just me. So the one thing you do want to know is you don't want to like really go for it, especially around your eyes and on that nose. You just want to, you know, a little bit at a time and you almost want to use the tip of your finger like a gua sha. I just like get it in there and then roll it. I'm going to turn all red, but who cares? And then just roll it and then take your other finger and just kind of roll it and then go the other direction. So you don't want to over gua sha that space. It'll just leave me red for many days. I've never broken a blood vessel or anything like that. That's a concern people have with gua sha on their face. I do think it's just a little bit at a time because it's thin skin. Many of us know my lovely raccoon eye story. I was getting ready to teach my six-week clinical course. It was probably like, I don't know, it was like my first year downtown, right? So I had this beautiful new facility and I'm getting ready to teach my clinical course. And I did a steam inhalation. And under my steam, I was like going to town around my eyes and I was breaking it. I was like, I'm going to look good tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to just like work it and get all my wrinkles out. I'm going to like mm, look good. And I came out of the steam and was like, oh, this feels like it's kind of sensitive. You know? And I go look in the mirror and like I had totally I had toxins in that region and I had totally over gua my eyes and I had like bruises. I mean, it looked like, you know, I'd been beat up like I had black eyes. And I was like, great, I'm starting a new class tomorrow <laughs> where I'm supposed to be the teacher, all professional, knowing what I'm doing. <laughs> and I had to show up to class and just be like, I'm just going to tell you the truth of what's going on. And you're just going to be watching my raccoon eyes for a couple of days while they change. <laughs> and we'll just like learn all about gua sha bruising right now. <laughs> I'm not waiting for this topic. You're learning it right now because this is what you don't want to do. <laughs> so that would be another gua sha contraindication would be just like the thinner your tissue, the more gentle you need to be with your gua sha. And I went for it just a little bit too much. My pitta. We all have our learning curves, but you can break that down. And it is scar tissue. It is built up tissue that is not breathing. It's bound together. And you need to soften it and get it moving. Linden flower would be brilliant for this. And you can get that from Rosemary's. If you're not local in Sebastopol, you can still, everything is online. I highly suggest you get your Western herbs from Lena. She really, Rosemary's garden has 
such a beautiful selection and such a fair price. I would certainly say that linden flower steams could be a beautiful thing for that. It's very nourishing and cooling and calms the tissue down. What great questions today. And it's just, it was a gua sha day. It was. <laughs> I didn't even plan that. Look at that. And it probably is a gua sha day because we have all our gua shas right now. We even have a new rose quartz and we have the carnelians that took forever to get overseas to us. And we have beautiful little jade ones, but the wood ones, the wood ones are brilliant. And Scott just knows what he's doing. You know what else he made? You could, you would maybe send a request for this because we don't have it on the website yet, but he made, he's making practitioner gua sha's, which are a little bit larger. You know, they're $48 instead of 42. So they're a little more expensive. They're larger and they've got these long swoops and a nice little notch for details. But if you're a practitioner and if you have been interning with me, there's this one gua sha that I always use that everyone's like, why don't you have two of those? That is the most brilliant practitioner gua sha anywhere. Those will be going up on the website. It'll be called the practitioner. And uh, they're super nifty if you're a body worker and you want to start doing gua sha with someone. And if you want one of those before we get them on up, because it'll be a couple weeks, then I just suggest you send a little shout out to shop at Deanna Essentials. And we'll make sure we get one of those in the mail because we do have them available. Got gua sha's in every room of the house. Just like my teacher told me. Oh, <laughs> exactly. I'm staring at a whole abalone shell of gua sha's right here sitting on my living room table. And then right next to my toilet, seriously, I have another abalone shell full of gua sha's. <laughs> I have one in my car. That way, if I'm just like needing to think some things through, I can certainly work it out while I'm even driving or sitting in traffic. Who knows what's going on? keep them around. Once you pick it up, it's so obsessive and like 15 minutes goes by in no time, but you got to pick it up. That's the main thing about that gua sha. Exactly. I use mine instead of my foam roller after running because I can sit there and watch something instead of rolling around on the floor. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, the time flew by as we walked sure away. Uh, just a few little words of note here. We are still enrolling in Deanna's Ayurvedic Clinical Foundations program, which is where you can get all this next level information. Uh, it's seven weekends. It's really convenient. It's in the middle of the Redwoods. So it's like a retreat. We also have a special uh, in time for Valentine's Day. You've seen the stuff in the drugstores. It's a common. So we have a special on our come hither line, which is some amazing, gorgeous, scrumptious, sensual products that are also really, really good for you. Don't just stuff yourself full of chocolates, get some good uh, self-care in there too. I also want to make sure to note that if you're a student, if you're a practitioner and you are looking for some kind of upper level interaction and case discussion and business support, Deanna is starting Students Unite and it's beginning February 4th. So that is going to be available to sign up on our website. And it's a two hour online forum. And Deanna answers your questions, gives you advice. It's two hours solid 
for all, our, all you students or practitioners out there. So I highly recommend that. It's going to be monthly. Yeah, it's $35. It's very inexpensive for being able to do a client roundtable. We'll do an hour of like client interaction, even answering questions about like pulse assessment or face assessment, like really looking at the clinical aspects of supporting a client and then business development. We'll do another hour of business development. And I'm excited to students unite. You know, I'm excited to get back to my students and some normalcy around like, hey, we, we are still practicing. We're still seeing clients. People are even deeper in need and things have gotten very challenging for people. And we need to be able to really keep developing ourselves on how to take care of them and become a great practitioner. So I will be doing that every first Friday of the month. I hope you join me for all of them. And then, then I have some webinars coming up too. So like I am, I'm back in, I'm back in like I used to be, huh, Andrea, you know? So yeah, I hope everybody comes to everything and just gets all involved again. Yeah, we definitely need that connection again. You can definitely always send questions to Deanna. You can send them through our website. We've got a little form there that you can pop in your question, or you can send an email to info at dianaessentials.com. And we tuck away that little question and we'll bring it out again. The next time Deanna is on here is going to be in early February. So it's every other week. In the meantime, We've got our awesome YouTube channel here with all of the past replays that you can catch up on. And you can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And the newest addition to this is our podcast. So please do check that out. It's anywhere that you listen. Look for Ask Anything. And uh, you can listen to Deanna and get that great inspiration no matter where you are, washing dishes or commuting somewhere, going to the grocery store, anywhere you happen to be. And share it with a friend. I want everyone to feel like they can take care of themselves and know how to touch themselves and love themselves and, and be willing to investigate. Please share with your friends that there's avenues out there for being able to really address some of the things going on for you and be empowered around being able to change them. I think it's, it's time for us to be able to start really doing this health detective work for ourselves. So I am here to help. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for watching. Any final words for us, Deanna? No, I feel really complete. I feel good. And I just hope y'all look into this and, and just spread the word. Everybody's got a body. It's the same body, no matter where you go, no matter where you go in the whole world, we all tick the same we, our symptoms exhibit the same and we have the right to look at them and get to know them and change them. And I just think that's a really beautiful thing when we think about all being in this together. So, adios. This is My Body, a conversation situated at the intersection of elemental science, self-care, ancient arts and consent. Deanna Batdorf is your guide.